Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, happy Wednesday to you. If you're in the middle of your week, that's fun. It's always hard the middle of the week. It feels kind of like that, you know, hump day. It's like, man, am I going to get through this day? So I'm glad you're joining me. And I want you to know I am really enjoying doing this topic. This is one of my favorite topics because there's so much passion in it. And there is so much hope in this. Once you kind of understand the dynamics, how the enemy plays into this, how God has made provision and protection for us, and how truly valuable you are. Because remember, the last thing that we really talked about was how valuable you are because of the risk he took. See, we don't risk on things that aren't that valuable. So think about all the risk he took for you to live. So I really want to talk to you about this idea again. I'm going to read this, this verse again because in the Message Bible, it is so very harsh in many ways and, 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 and deep. And this is the Matthew chapter 25, 26 through 30, and it is the story of the talents. And the talents at that time, that's considered money. So it says the master was furious, furious. He said that's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with bankers. I mean, if you want to be safe, at least do that. But you buried it. We've heard the stories of people burying money in their backyard. He said, if you would have given it to the bankers, you would have at least gotten a little bit of interest. So this is what he says. He says, take the thousand that this guy buried and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe guy who won't go out on a limb. Throw him into utter darkness. Now we know that this meant hell. But if you're a Christian, you want to know what that means? It means... Throw him into darkness. He's going to be depressed. He's going to feel like his life doesn't have meaning. He's going to feel like there's no purpose. And he's going to get more afraid. And he's going to hate himself even more. It's not going to give him the safe feeling that he wants. It's going to make him feel weak and bad about himself. 
So I want you to do a little exercise. Now, this is a lot to ask because I don't, I'm going to ask you to do some writing, and I personally don't like writing and journaling. It is so good for me, and I do it as a discipline. Not perfectly. But I want you to write something about living all out, no holds bar for God. I want you to write about it. What would it look like if I went all out? If I didn't hold back, what would be some of the risks that I might take? What would that look like on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 being not very afraid, 10 being petrified, terrified. And this would be a good thing to share with a friend, a professional, a pastor, a spouse, a therapist. And to say, Here, here's what I think is happening. I'm getting a, a vision of what it's supposed to look like. I'm envisioning it. So if I went all out, these are the things that I would do. If I were to live no holds bar for God, this is what I would prob- probably be doing. So you can write it down and talk about it. You, st- you don't have to do it. Nobody's going to make you do anything. Nobody can make anybody do anything. Even if people have a gun held to their head, they still have free choice. No one can make you do anything. So taking risks with God, because you only have one life, and I really want you to live it well. And if you haven't lived it well up to this moment, here's the day to start. That might be one of the living all out. That might be the no holds bar, is I'm actually going to take a risk. And I, you can start out small. I, I would recommend you start out small. Let's say that the risk would be, wow, there's a woman at church that you you really look at from afar. You really want to get to know her. You're sure she's going to turn you down. So here's what I want you to say. It never killed anybody. It doesn't feel good. It hurts. But we are designed to heal from it. And I would rather you go through the feelings of being hurt and know that you were brave. So God is saying, be willing to make mistakes. I can handle the mistakes. I have resources you know not of. I can create new resources if I need to. You must take risks, make mistakes to be human. You must do this to be all I created you to do. You must push, strain, stretch, and then rest. You have no idea how beautifully, wonderfully made you are. I want you, this is God saying to you, I have made you, please come discover yourself with me. I'm the designer. I'm the creator. It's like if I bought a Maserati, right? I'm, I'm not good at learning technology. It doesn't interest me. I like fast cars, but I don't want all the extra stuff, Okay. It's, it's overwhelming. It's tedious. It's a high learning curve for me. I just want to get in and drive it. And you know what God would say to me? He would say, I gave you a Maserati and all you want to do is put it in gear and drive. That's all you want to know about it. If you knew all the amazing things it could do, 
how much it would enhance your life, how much enjoyment you would get from it. You would take the time to learn. You would take the risk to learn and maybe not understand it the first time and maybe make mistakes while you're trying out some of the things. The same thing with, with our, our, our phones, with our computers. How many of you have new appliances and you don't use half the, half the things that are on it? So he says, you must take risk. You, you must make mistakes to be human. You must do this in order to be who I created you to be. You know, no one likes to shock themselves. I don't. I don't like it. It's, it's a very uncomfortable, unless I shock myself in a good way. But I don't, I don't like knowing that I have propensity to do things that, that are wrong, that I'd be ashamed of. I don't like shocking myself and coming out of a situation and saying, did I really do that? And I have made mistakes in my life, but I have learned. I don't like repeating mistakes. See, the things and the memories that need to be resolved, these are the ones that are not in the past. These are the ones that still have energy. Every time you think about it, you get that sinking feeling. Or you get a rush of adrenaline. Or you close your eyes, you sigh, and you just go, oh, man, I hate that memory. These are the past issues that need to be looked at through the eyes of a healthy parent, like an, an advocate, like how God would see us. He knows we're going to do something stupid. What we think is that it's unforgivable. Okay, it may be costly. It may be gross. It may be embarrassing. But these things we do as we're becoming who God intended us to be. I, I'm trusting that if you're listening to this show, you are not someone that is a reprobate, that is just always trying to get away with whatever you can. And if you are, I'm telling you, that's not how God made you. So we look at this behavior or incident with objectivity and with forgiveness. We don't minimize it but we don't maximize it. This helps us take away the, the you know, we, because we don't want to take away the, the importance of the offense or the mistake. We're not going to water it down. That doesn't help us because in our gut we know the truth. And like we said yesterday, we have to realize our behaviors don't always indicate who we are. Jesus was truly Jesus 100% of the time and he was perfect. Well, we're not Jesus. We're not God. So this is why we want to make sure that these are lessons. We want to be wise people. We want to learn. You know, that guy that buried the talents, you know what he could have done? He could have come back to the master and said, please give me another chance. I messed up. You're right. I acted out of fear. It was stupid. It didn't honor you. But I want another chance. I want to learn. And I want you to forgive me. And I want to try again. He could have done that. He just ran away. Nursed his wounds. So the only way to heal from shame, sadly, is exposure. Exposure. 
And what happens is many times, if we do a shameful, a shameful thing, we get negative exposure. Like if I go back to the analogy of the DUI, that exposure may wake me up, but it's quite negative. See, if I just confess my sin to another person who I know has integrity, who I know will hold me accountable and will not water it down, they will say to me, yeah, Cynthia, that, that's bad, that's wrong, but I still love you, and I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to work on you being healed so you are stronger, you have better resistance to it, you're healthier, and you've pleased God. So we remember and we learn. And like I said, we don't use hindsight for condemnation and judgment. It's not going to be fun if you stand before God and became your own judge, your own jury, your own executioner, and your own prosecutor. That's what, exactly what Judas did. He took the process out of the hand of God, who was Jesus. He became his own prosecuting attorney. He became his own judge. He became his own jury. And then he became his own executioner. This is the most arrogant that I think I've read in the Bible. So you're allowed to make mistakes. Because there really isn't any other way to learn. God is aware of this. He's made provision for it. So when we look at some of the Bible verses, I love this one. This is Jeremiah 33, 3. And this is out of the expanded Bible. It says, pray, call to me, and I will answer you. I will tell you important secrets, great hidden things that you have never heard, you've never known before. Now, some of what this verse is talking about is illuminating you about to, to know more about him, about Jesus. But some of it is saying, I'm going to tell you important secrets and hidden things that you've never heard about regarding you. And when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9, this is out of the expanded Bible as well. It says, but as the scriptures were written, no one eye has ever seen this. No one ear has ever heard about it. No one human heart has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. He did not say what God has prepared for those who don't make mistakes or who don't sin. He said, I've prepared things you've never even imagined, that you could never see, that you won't even know that you love and like because I love you, not because you're perfect. Here's one of the, the, my favorite life verses. This is uh, Ephesians 3.20, and it's the Message Bible. It says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. That, go, that, that line right there supports the one we just read, no eye has ever seen. No one has ever imagined. He said you couldn't even guess. You wouldn't even be able to request 
in your wildest dreams would I have planned for you. And it goes on to say, he does this not by pushing us around, but by working within us his spirit deeply and gently within us. Think of how gentle Jesus was to Judas. Most times we read that as saying, man, I wish you would have never been born. It would be better if you were never born, Judas. But this was deep and gentle to Judas. He said, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. It would have been better if he would have never been born. And he was heartbroken. So how about this famous one out of the Message Bible, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Give him your dreams. Give him your visions. Give him your wants, your needs, your weaknesses, your incongruencies, your contradictions. And he goes on to say, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. That's, that's amazing. God's never too busy. He stops whatever it is he's doing and he goes, oh, good. Come and talk to me. Come and pray to me. I'm going to listen. And when you come looking for me, you will find me. That is a promise. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I will make sure you won't be disappointed. These are big promises. These are big statements. I, I wouldn't be able to make these statements to somebody. See, if a client comes to me, my version of that would be, yes, when you get serious about finding out about all that I can do to help you, and you want it more than anything else, I don't say I will make sure you're, you won't be disappointed because I don't know if I can do exactly, perfectly, what you might need. That's why God works through me and helps me. So here's how we start. When we are going to do this healthy risk-taking and take on life and be who we're supposed to be, who God designed us to be, we first start with no fear. So you let your fear turn into excitement. It's kind of like being on a roller coaster. We're talking about healthy fear. We're not talking about being fear-based. We're not, we're not talking about taking a step that's bigger than what we can manage in that moment. There are some things I've had to break down into the tiniest steps because the, the picture was too big. I couldn't do it all at once. And so we start with no fear. We're not going to fear. And I'm going to tell you a great acronym for fear that we use in the psychotherapeutic world. And fear stands for false evidence appearing real. Is that amazing? That's the enemy. The enemy is like a gnat. He's like a mosquito. He's like a cockroach. We're all creeped out and afraid of cockroaches. So he appears in a way that scares us. So it's false evidence appearing real. Satan really can't do anything to me. 
He's not allowed to do that. What he is allowed to do, because he's the ruler of, uh, ruler of this world, is to lie, steal, manipulate, kill through other humans, incite other people to kill. So I want you to work on healthy fear. Healthy fear says I respect the risk I'm taking. And I'm not going to be afraid unnecessarily. The second thing we do is we engage in discovery. This is extremely important because this will help us with the fear. Explorers would never have made the discoveries if they let their fear get in the way. Living here in Arizona, I can't imagine the courage these people had if they were going from Phoenix or Tucson, which is at that time the biggest city, when they don't have a map, nobody's been to California. They just start going toward it. And if you've ever done Phoenix or Tucson to San Diego, there's not a whole lot of water. And it's barren. And how frightening it would be. And, and recently I heard this story of Christopher Columbus, and he was a dreamer. He was a visionary. He could see past what was into more. So when popular opinion and staunch belief taught that the earth was flat, Christopher Columbus, an explorer of unknown territories, refused to believe that fearful notion. He had heard from God, maybe not as concretely as like, I don't know, a revelation in that way. But he knew in his gut somehow, no, the earth's not flat. And he knew there was more to be discovered than what could meet and be seen by the human eye. And he went for it. He convinced him he went for it. How frightening would it be to be on this little boat, because it wasn't huge, sailing in the ocean for months, years, never seeing land, when everybody on the boat is starting to maybe mutinize because they're saying, we're all going to die, we're going to fall off, the, we're going to fall off the earth. So, driven by faith and determination, Columbus approached the kingdom authorities in hopes of securing permission to set sails for those places unknown, believing he would certainly discover more. Now, maybe you can't relate because you're not Christopher Columbus. Maybe your dream's not that big. Maybe not, but your potential is that big. Why did God create you? What are you here for? I see huge accomplishments and dreams reawakened in my office every day. You have that opportunity. You break it up into as small a piece as you need to to take a risk. And you say to yourself, I'm going to take a risk every day. Every day. I'm going to increase that risk muscle. I'm going to increase the strength of that. And I'm going to learn to tolerate fear, false evidence appearing real. God bless you today. I'm so excited to talk to you more about this tomorrow. Make sure you check out the website. Thanks for telling your friends about it and encouraging us on social media. 
Thank you, Chris, so much for stepping in for Jeremy. It was great working with you. Have a blessed day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.